All right, I'm gonna start this episode off by talking really, really fast. Um, if you don't know by now, this episode is split into two parts, or this conversation, I should say, is split into two parts. Um, the first one is more of like building a general artist profile about Dave. Uh, we had a really good conversation before I even started filming, and then we had a good conversation when you know the camera wasn't on too. Um, we didn't really get into a lot of the nitty gritty like stuff about process and even the work he's making. I, I can't believe, I didn't even realize until after he left, we didn't really talk about the work he's making on camera. So you're not gonna hear a lot about that, which is a huge faux pas on my end. I had certain questions that I asked him that I was curious about, and you know, we just went and we didn't end up there talking about, you know, the work he's making right now, and what it means and why he's doing it and the aesthetics and all the other stuff. Um, but one thing I really did want to talk to him about was the Guerrilla Art um, Collective. So when we did start talking about that, we ended up talking about the business of art. And the last half of our conversation was really more about that. So that is going to be in the second episode, more talking about the, the business of art and kind of what we think about this whole pay-for-display model that he asked me about initially that I kind of turned back to him. Um, and just talking about like the difficulties that artists can go through, emerging artists, new artists, people that don't get to show often, like what does it mean to sell your work online, show your work online, all those difficulties and stuff like that. Um, Second thing I need to get to, uh, that that I learned a lot in this conversation. I've never interviewed someone in this kind of context before. Um, I've talked to people I already knew, and this is the first like literal, just like, hey, I don't know you, I've never met you before at all. I know you're an artist, I've seen your work, I enjoy your work, I've got some questions for you, um, and I think that, that that would be a good conversation. That was what happened, and I really enjoyed it. I was a way more nervous than I thought I would be, um, and things definitely flowed better off camera than they did on camera because of me. And so I learned a lot there. I would like to do this every other week. So again, I've been adjusting the format of the podcast because I'm doing it solo now and I can just make those changes and do things differently. And I want to make a more engaging, interesting to listen to and informative podcast. Um, so with that, I, I would really find it, I'm finding it more enjoyable to talk with people. I've always found conversation great for that aspect. So every other week, that is my goal, is to have a guest on every other week. Right now, I want to keep those guests local so I don't have to fool around trying to figure out Skype recording and all this, that, and the other thing. I might get to that in the future, but right now I feel like we have a wealth of local artists I could talk to about many different things, so that is the goal. Last thing I need to talk about is that I realized when I was talking with Dave that I have an opportunity here to maybe talk about some local events that are going on in the community as almost like a type of like a newsletter thing. So one, I'm going to put out the call to people through my social media and right now through the podcast to say, hey, if you know of an exhibition going on, if you've got something going on, if you want just a little blurb about an event or something, I might be able to put that in here. I don't think I'm going to mention every single art associated, art adjacent event going on in the city in the next couple of weeks. But I would like to mention some gallery openings, some art events, pop-up shops, pop-up, you know, gallery showings. Um, there are certain things that I, that I would like to just be like, hey, if you're in Lethbridge area, then you might want to go see this, that, or the other thing. Um, I don't know if I'll get into talking about what's going on in Calgary or Edmonton or anywhere else in Alberta. Maybe, you know, I probably would want to just keep it local for now. But that's another thing that I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to put that in there either at the beginning or the end. I haven't decided yet of the podcast. I've been changing the format a bit, um, but with that, I've taken up enough time at the intro of this podcast. So I hope you enjoy the conversation I had with Dave. Um, I really enjoyed it, and there's going to be more of this to come. So please leave me feedback. Um, I would really enjoy any feedback that I could get because I'm still working on this thing, still building it, still getting comfortable with it, um, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so welcome to Artist Life Podcast. I still haven't thought of a title for this yet. Uh, other than probably your name, so we will start there in a bit. Um, but this kind of started with, I've had the desire to like have people, other artists, people that I don't know very well, on just to have like conversations, either about a specific topic or just learning more about them. Um, and one thing I've been doing lately, since kind of going solo on the podcast, was taking questions, usually through Instagram and Facebook. And I got very little feedback through that. But this started from you asking me a question on there, that I was like, hmm, that's an interesting question that I think I'm going to throw back at you, yeah. and we'll do that a little a little later. Uh, but then I just wanted to turn it into like, hey, why don't we just have like a full-on interview? And I've been able to actually fortunately see some of your work in person, um, and then just have like kind of an artist profile and kind of go from there, and then answer that question too, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, but that's kind of how this started. So 
why don't you start off by introducing yourself a little bit? Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my name is Dave Bullied. Uh, I'm an artist based in Lethbridge, Alberta. Here, um, I've been practicing for about 25 years or so. Um, I graduated from the U of L here in 2009 with a degree in art making or studio art. Um, but I really, I really haven't. Uh, produce much since I graduated, so I'm kind of just returning back to the art scene here. Yeah, that pretty much sums up who I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you mentioned university, and that's something I definitely want to get to, because at the time I didn't know before if you had kind of gone through anything post-secondary with that, but when did you first kind of realize you were interested in art, whatever art is, which we'll get to as well. But uh, Really early age. Um, my, like I started with just, you know, coloring books, like I think like all kids, I, worldwide, all children are arts, like every human being is an artist. And then somewhere along the line, we, some, most of us stop making art at some point. Um, I just, I just never did. I just always loved coloring, loved making stuff, loved the crafts, loved anything to do with that, loved Mr. Dress Up and his simple ways of making things. Um, and uh, yeah, I just never stopped. I was always the art kid in school. Like I was always the drawing in the margins of my notebooks and doodling, never endingly doodling, taking as many art classes as I could get. So I, it's just it's just in me. It's just always been part of my life. Um, I knew at an early age I either wanted to be a professional artist or either or teach art. That's those were my earliest goals. Okay. Where do you think? I guess was there any like influence from like siblings or family or anything like that? That, that was kind of like around you already, or was it just like you just found it on your own sometime? Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I, I literally just just found it on my own. Um, you know, like back when I was young, there was you know Bob Ross was on TV, and he you know was just I could sit for hours and watch that guy paint. Like it just amazed me how he could take this blank white canvas, and in a thirty-minute episode, he would turn it into this realistic waterfall painting or some mountain scene or something and it, you know I just picked up what I could as as for over the years like neither, none of my parents are artistic they're my mom to some degree is crafty but ne neither of them ever really like they're not like real liberal free thinkers or anything like um, so I just kind of explored it on my own really until I until I intentionally went to school for it so you said at an early age you kind of knew, yeah, it was either going to be teaching art or being a professional artist. Um, so you kind of knew that you wanted to take art in post-secondary since, like, um, high I don't, school? I, or... I actually never planned on going to school for it. Uh, and when I did start at the university, originally my first semester there, I was doing the split combined degree where you do the ed degree and oh, art degree. Because okay. I, I really wanted to teach. That's what I went to school for. And then I really quickly found out I didn't actually want to teach. <laughs> uh, I taught a semester at a high school as an assistant um, assistant teacher at the time, and I was teaching grade 10 art, and I spent way more time enforcing what I thought were just stupid school rules, like no hats and yeah. chewing gum and things like that, yeah. chasing kids for hall passes. I spent all my time focused on the worst kids in the class, and the kids who really wanted to learn art weren't getting it from me, and I... Yeah. I realize the system's broken and I want to be part of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah, I can identify to some of those struggles for sure because that's been that's been my thing where I didn't because of my uh, we talked a little bit before so my experiences and stuff I've mentioned on the podcast before a little bit that just like my art teacher in my high school and whatever and then being interested in art and that's why I wanted to try and like be a system of or be a change in that system a little bit if I could be that but I, I find that's the thing thing too like the system is still there where. I'm focusing on classroom management way more than I want to be. I yeah. want to be teaching art, and also, it, grade 10 is actually my biggest struggle too, because I'm like all high school for many reasons, and one of them is because we can talk about concepts, there's actual conversation going on as well, but grade 10 is where they're not allowed to have spares, and so they dump so many kids who don't want to be there yeah. into that class, yeah. and then they get weeded out over time, but sometimes, and especially now, like classes are just overloaded and stuff, like I had... 42 students at once, and then we only went down to 38. Like, it, that's crazy. So it was just, it was a little nuts. But yeah, the classroom manager thing, like, that's not why I wanted to teach art. I wanted to teach art so I could, like, 
engage critical thinking skills, get people talking, having conversations, expressing themselves, trying to figure out what art is to them, and just like, mostly just a mode of expression. And it was just like, trying to change people's idea about what art is and could be for themselves. But yeah, I've definitely struggled with that. And subbing <laughs> only reinforces more and more and more, <laughs> like, yeah, I want to be teaching art at like a different level, whether it's, you know, post-secondary, or maybe like an actual art school, art-focused school, or something where I'm going to have students who really, really want to be there rather than babysitting. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. I've come kind of full circle in a totally different way than I ever expected. I uh, recently have I've been doing these paint parties where, like, you see these, you see them sometimes in bars. It will be sort of like thirty or forty people to get together, and we all right. think it's the same thing, and it, it's very Bob Ross style. And doing these things because I'm like, well, at least they're paying to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least they want to be there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. So this is gonna be really broad, but like. Yeah. Your artistic journey, <laughs> like, I don't know where you're going to branch off with it, but you said, like, sort of really young, which is the way that a lot of people start out. Like, you said, almost, like, every every child's an artist, and somehow we grow out of that, or some people don't. Um, and that's the thing, too, is, like, I, despite the fact of what I could say from my high school, like, I took art classes and didn't really feel like I was ever making art or wasn't challenged and didn't even know I liked art. But as a kid, yeah, I was doodling and stuff and doing, like, dinosaur and dragon drawings and whatever sure. and enjoying that, and then... At some point before high school, I stopped doing any drawing of any kind because it wasn't really, I didn't really have anything to feed it and I wasn't engaged enough in my, like, I don't know, I couldn't find anything to latch onto to keep doing and I still suck at drawing to this day and that might be part of it. Well, I can't um, see that's, okay, that comes from comparison culture though. Like, say, even just saying I suck at drawing, that, that implies that your drawing compared to someone who doesn't suck at drawing is somehow inferior, but drawing is drawing. It doesn't, there yeah. is no, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's it's a skill like any other. It's 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 like learning to play the strings of a guitar. It takes it takes practice. It takes dedication. Yeah. There's just a, there's just a point where most of us stop practicing and let the people who are good at it continue mm -hmm. on. Yeah. You know, and it, I I I actually like I struggle with teaching Alice. I hear it all the time. People, oh, I have no artistic talent. I could never do that. Oh, that's so beautiful. I could never paint that. And it's like, well, you could if you put the hours in. I'm not saying you have to, but um, it's, it's not that this magical, mystical thing that I think most people think it is, this like innate talent that it just comes out if you have it or you don't. And what does it? It takes practice. It takes years and years and years of practice. And you mentioned Bob Ross earlier. That's one of his big quotes. I don't remember it verbatim, but he's basically like, it's a, art is a, like, so like, almost like a learned talent. Like it was, I don't remember what word he used, but it was like, all you have to do is just practice it. Like, it's a skill that you can build, and it's not necessarily... Like, I think some people might have certain innate qualities that they start out as maybe having better motor functions in some area or whatever. Sure. But it's not... Like, just because you're starting here doesn't mean you can't get to the same place if you're starting here. Yeah, absolutely. Just more hours. Yeah. Um, so that was my journey. L literally, just, just every step of development, trying to get a little better. I was exposed... We talked about this earlier. I was exposed to really good art programs at an early age. My junior high had a great art program. My high school had an amazing art program. Um, I didn't plan on going to university initially for art. I wanted the education background and quickly realized that's not maybe the path that was for me, but I had already enrolled and I was already committed, so I kind of just stuck with it and, and switched it over to a full studio degree, um, which really kind of just rounded off a lot of what I had developed up to that point. Um, and then there's the big question when you go to school, what do you do now? Yeah. What, do you, what do you make now? And that's, uh, you know, a full 10 years after I graduated, that's where I'm at now. <laughs> so in high school, were you making much art for yourself or was it mostly based on assignments? No, it was all assignments. I feel like up till just recently, that's all I'd ever done was assignment work, commission work, something for, you know, either a group show or a gallery show or there was always some theme or some something directing the work other than myself. You know, there was always some bigger picture, whereas the work I'm making now is, is purely self-directed, which is really exciting. Well, that's something I wanted to get to later, but we may as well talk about it now, is arts education. Because, again, before meeting you today, I didn't know whether or not that was something that you did, and I still don't know yet how much you value that or don't. And what interests me is the fact that you said, even during 
university. You weren't really making work that was for you. And I found, so my experience was just, we went to different programs at different times under different people, but like, my stuff that I was making in university, stuff, like early on, like the first, first year drawing, second year drawing was all human figure, that was not personal work. And like, same with first year painting, it was like they were trying to give us some different things to think about, but I was able to bring a lot of my personal work to the table, and when we did critiques and stuff, it wasn't like, senior art classes for me, there was no assignment. It was, you were getting ready for your exhibition. What is your exhibition? Mm-hmm. That's up to you. We're going to critique it. We're going to have conversations. We're going to talk about it. And at the time, I didn't understand the value in that. And then, as I mentioned before, like some things I loved about the program at the UMS was, here's the time and here's the space. See you later. Like, and, and that was one thing I liked, other things I didn't. But So for me, I was still making the work I wanted to make um, for the majority of, of that degree. There was, I would say there was a, there was a bit of that. In my education, um, not as much. They I, they did give you free reign. Like uh, definitely in your senior year, you got to, you're directing your own show, but you're still you're still creating work that you know is going to be critiqued by your peers. So you're you're making that work with that thought in mind, or at least I was. I was never it was never purely my own because I knew my own work, the stuff that I wanted to do, the stuff that I was interested in, in making for me um, was at that time it was downright frowned on. Um, skill was not something that was widely accepted as a as something to be sought after. Like um, my work's pretty illustrative in a lot of ways. It looks like book cover art a lot of times. Um, and that where I was at the time that it just nobody was interested in that. I would have gotten ripped apart. So mm-hmm. I had to have conceptual based work, which is not at all where I'm comfortable working. Yeah. Um, so I work within the parameters to to get the grade, to get the attention of the prof, to get the respect of my peers, to get the show that would lead out of that, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and, and it did happen. I, I showed in Halifax. I had some some minor successes in that world, but I never was happy producing that kind of work. Because <laughs> it was for someone else, right? Yeah, I was fortunate enough that despite the fact that I knew I had to I knew I had to, I mean, it was a pass-fail, like, we had, you know, two of my senior profs, my senior painting, my senior drawing prof, was like, because those were my areas of focus, they just had to go and be like, yeah, it's good, you passed. I wasn't that concerned about it, I guess, and I, I guess, again, the program was different and my instructors were different. I felt very comfortable. I didn't feel any pressure to do anything specific or to be like, oh, I can't really do conceptual, like, mine was very conceptual, um, and it they were open to stuff that was also more technically like inclined and I did not have the technique or at least not I didn't have traditional technique I think that a lot of people recognize as yeah it would be more illustrative or photorealistic or just wasn't my jam but they were just really open to that stuff. so I didn't feel that pressure for me um, they still challenged me like um, Graham Fowler is his name like he challenged me to work bigger he's like Man, everyone works so small like work bigger he's like just do this bigger like do this on a door frame, like do this, like whatever, and that really helped me because I just there's a little things that I was taught, and one of them was like using a full range of motion. Like I'm not just doing this. Mm, it's yeah. like using my whole body, like really helps, and it's introducing me more to Jackson Pollock's philosophy and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I was fortunate enough that I didn't really feel a lot of the pressure that you might have felt. Like ah, uh, the program's really conceptual. I really have to produce something that's gonna be able to get my piece of paper. Oh, I, I remember in one of my uh, one of my classes, uh, one of the other artists working, um, we had to critique her piece, and she'd done this uh, photorealistic painting of a flower, really like uh, macro zoom up of a flower, beautifully painted, really bright colors, highly realistic, gorgeous painting, but. It's a photorealistic flower, right? So she just got torn apart. Like the class just ripped this painting apart, and I just, it just kind of broke my heart because I thought, okay, they, like clearly the value is not on skill. She had made a pretty painting, a beautiful painting that probably would have sold. That's the kind of stuff you see at Walmart, right? That's the yeah. stuff that would sell to a company that would mass produce that that kind of thing. But that was so devalued at that school. It was, I was like, oh, maybe I'm in the wrong place. You know? Yeah, you know. <laughs> but. Uh, it was yeah. It was still a it was still a good learning lesson to learn how to navigate the gallery system, how to how to be critiqued by your peers, how to get um, comfortable with people seeing your work, getting comfortable with the showing process, all that stuff. 
It had value, but not skill building value. Yeah, and that's a yeah, the thing. I, I didn't even know what I was looking for when I entered into my program. I didn't know what my program was about, really. Like, I didn't know what, and it didn't have as much of a reputation as I think the U of L has a reputation for being conceptual still. And like, I, I didn't do any research or anything. It was just kind of like, I want to teach art, and so maybe I'll get an art degree first, and I'm understanding more about what art is at this point and whatever. Um, so yeah, I was lucky, and I was flying by the seat of my pants while doing it. Um, and that's the thing, like I mentioned earlier too, like, ah, I probably would have fit into this program a little better in some ways <laughs> with concepts being more valued and stuff, but uh, I find that really difficult too, you know, coming from the opposite end, because I challenge students all the time, I'm like, who cares? Like, what, what, what is the purpose of this? You need to tell me what is the purpose of it, because just because, oh, that's a really photorealistic portrait. Cool story. Give me more. So it's been actually more since I have not been teaching in the past year that I've been able to, like, open up even more and being like, well, I mean, that's the thing. I learned just by asking them when I'm going to ask you, like, what is art? And then they tell me or they don't or they struggle with it and I get to see what it means to them. Because my thing is I want to compare it to, like, music and, like, selling out. I mean, like, the salad is only doing something that you don't want to do. Right? So if someone is just like, I just want to do photorealistic portraits. That's what I want to do. Okay, well, then you're good. Like, that's, I just want to know what is, I just want to make sure you're doing what you want to do and you have the skills to do what you want to do. And I find that so many students are intimidated by skills. Yeah. And maybe I'm also really, like, I'm intimidated by skills. And, like, I have certain skills that are just not as, a lot of people just look at drawing and photorealism as, like, these are really main technical skills. Yeah. So I fall into the camp that I didn't put the time into developing those skills and I don't value them as much because a lot of my work was conceptual and emotional that I try really early on, which for me is grade 10, to be like, hey, if you, like, we have to do some stuff in the curriculum that's based around drawing, especially in grade 10, whatever, but you continue with this program, you get more and more freedom. And if you are worried about your abilities in drawing, don't. Yeah. Like, because I want to help you do what it is you want to do. I don't need photorealistic skills because that's not the kind of art I make. So I don't need to develop that skill unless I want to. Um, so yeah, that's that's just an interesting kind of like, you wanted to go in there to, to, to build on these technical skills. I didn't even know what I was getting into, but coincidentally, it helped also shape my my value of concepts, and I probably naturally would have got drawn to that. Um, I do wish I had more technical ability, though, because sometimes the concept I want to express needs a little more of that like and, yeah. and for me to get frustrated in trying to create that like yeah it's part of my just demeanor and stuff is like I need to calm down and just look at this as just a learning opportunity but I I remember going into it thinking you know I'd read a lot about art schools and art and artistry practices and stuff before I ever went to university and I thought okay I'm going to go in and it's going to be you know just like the classical French schools I'm going to be in there the first year will only be black and white. That's all I'll be working in, glorious black and white and still lifes. And then the next year will be, you know, um, really pushing tone and value. Maybe by third year I'll get to play with color. And by fourth year I'll be an um, absolute master at my techniques and my skills. And then I really quickly realized that, like, oh, no, no, this is, like, I'm taking the history of rock and roll and, like, you know, like all these courses that were not art-related and then what was art-related was, you know, it just it had no intention of even letting me play with those skills. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a very kind of eye-opening experience about there is two different worlds of art. So why did you want to finish it? So you said you kind of started with the split stream and kind of being like, I want to get an arts education. Ah. You realize, ah, education is not really for me, so let's just go full art. But when you realize quickly that, nah, this isn't really what I <laughs> thought it was going to be. Why did I finish? That's a great question. Um, it was the first time in my life that I was surrounded by that element, like being surrounded by other artists working, other people practicing, trying to figure out what they're going to do with their art skills, what they want to achieve, you know, watching their work develop, being in a studio space where there's 20 other artists working in studio spaces around you and was really exciting. Mm -hmm. um, being in, in and surrounded by that, those conversations and that kind of, um, those resources, like, since I'm not in school, it's weird, Nobody, no, no one critiques your work. Yeah. You'll get thumbs up likes on Facebook, <laughs> you'll get hearts on Instagram, you'll get people saying, oh, I love this, but you don't get any real constructive yeah. feedback ever. Um, 
So I loved that. I thrived on like being around artists. Wish it didn't cost me so much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for that experience, but uh, I don't regret it. Um, it was different. It was a good learning experience for me. Did you find like a sense of community among students there? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, at least the time that I was there, there was a, we had a, a really great group of people. That I still stay in touch with a handful of them to this day. So I found, I found the energy that you're talking about, I found there, but I didn't have any sense of community in my classes. Just because, I don't know, part of it being introverted and not even putting myself out there, and also just not connecting with just a lot of people, they were making stuff where I was like, yeah, what are you... I was way, I'm still super judgmental to this day, but then I was way more elitist and way more judgmental and way more like, you're not even making art, what are you doing? So that was a problem too. <laughs> it was easy there, because anything can be art. Yeah. <laughs> anything. I think our instructors like had that attitude, but I was just like, no, capital A art, like, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't find much of a community whatsoever. I had very little conversations with students at all. But I still found the energy of like, people are doing stuff. Like being in like the drawing studio when no one was around, yeah. I still found inspiration just in like, oh, someone made a little mark here on this wall, or there's some supplies laying around, or like mm -hmm. some people would, I mean, probably typical of, of a lot of art schools, at least I would hope that people would like doodle somewhere they're not supposed to and you'd find this little treasure. Oh, yeah. yeah, and so I I found that energy there. That's that's. I didn't really have a question of not wanting to be there because I was getting out of it like what I, I guess I wanted to without even having like an expectation because I didn't really have one. But I still, yeah, that, I really miss the energy definitely of like other people are making work and other yeah. people are like around there and yeah. And just being able to like bounce things off people in a in a live setting like that. Like to know that like yeah. I just passing in the hallways, you'd stop and talk to another artist and you'd be like, Yeah, I saw you working on this thing and da, 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 and like, Oh yeah, I was struggling with this and like, Oh I have an idea, here I'll show you and then you go over and show them, Oh, here, what if you tried this? And like that kind of you just don't get that anymore. Like you're left to your own devices to just create purely on your own. You never working in a space where you have so many other people working, you always got to you got to talk things out and, and, and experiment in with ways and talk to other artists who understand the process and can offer different angles or different advice or different opinions. Uh, it was exciting, yeah, for sure. Um, sometimes I miss that. I'm still I'm quite introverted myself. I prefer to be in the studio alone yeah. for the most part, but there's times where I do miss being able to. Or I miss sometimes just when another artist will see something in my work that was intended that I always wonder if other people will see it. Yeah. In university, you would get that kind of feedback right away. Yeah. In real life, you don't. You just don't. Yeah. People rarely go like, oh, I see the connection between this and this and how this relates to this. And yeah. Like, there's so much intentionality in my work that I think goes completely unnoticed by most people. Yeah, I... <laughs> I don't struggle with this much anymore because my stuff is is not as, I guess, intentional as some of the stuff I was making then. But yeah, just being at, whether it's a more academic setting, either way, it's a more creative setting and, and having other artists, even though they're doing completely different things sometimes, that they know how to look at a work sometimes and can catch those intentional, like whether it was symbolism or certain layers of things, like I know why you put this texture here, or even just like, yeah, your title makes sense with this thing because it's referencing this or that or the other thing like that's definitely something that yeah I, I, I yeah my work isn't as intentional now as it was then but I still miss having like someone being able to connect to it I didn't have as much input from other people unless it was critique time but uh, yeah like having just... critical eyes somebody who can probably view your painting with a, a little more knowledge of how to view a painting yeah right that's, that's always exciting it's, it's tough getting that kind of feedback in, in the real world or it can be brutally the other way like I don't know what you but you ever post something on reddit or you post something on <laughs> Instagram that you're like you're not 100% sure and then you open it up for critique oh yeah they'll, they'll critique it yeah. <laughs> they'll tell you what they really think well you critique on stuff that I'm not asking for so <laughs> yeah. that's the other thing. it's not often and it, it doesn't I think it bothers me more sometimes than I thought it would and sometimes it doesn't bother me at all it just depends on the thing but like even just putting something on a buy and sell page, it didn't, the incident I'm thinking of now didn't bother me, but it was just like, okay, well, it's obvious you don't like it, 
that's cool. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for telling feedback. me that it's not even art and whatever else. And like, I don't know, it was an abstract and it was like, I don't get it. And then it went way more <laughs> further into how it's absolute shit. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, don't buy it. <laughs> so Thanks for coming out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I want to backtrack and I, I, I played around with thinking of the format of this one. Should be the very first thing I ask you or not. But what is art? And obviously the implication is to you and your opinion, but... Sure. Um, so that's a, that's a huge question, and my response is probably, does it matter? Um, I don't know. I mean, until Marcel Duchamp came along, there, there was a pretty clear answer to that question, and now, I don't know. I really don't. I think it's anything anyone makes that... Like, I don't know, how can you disprove art? I don't know. If skill's gone out the window, if talent doesn't exist, what what defines it? I, I, I really don't know. <laughs> like, it's impossible to say, so I, I can't help but think, like, does it even, does it matter? Does that, is that even an important question anymore? Um, everything is art, nothing's art, everything can be art. It's completely up to the beholder. I can sell work to a certain market because there's a market for it. Same with every other artist. I get frustrated when I'm online and I see artists that I would consider are um, maybe not as well developed as others and they're selling consistently. They have a great, somehow they have made this online presence. They're, they're working artists. Like I've seen full-time artists that are, that's their only job and they're producing pretty low quality work, but they're doing it. And I'm like, my hat's off to them. They're doing it. I'm not. Like, <laughs> so how can I, you know, how can I say what is art? I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I, I like the fact that you challenge, like, what's the, is there even a reason to have that question? Um, I don't know. Whenever I've thought about it or asked it, I'm always asking the individual, like, what do you think art is? And again, sometimes my context is, hey, it's grade 10 what is art and getting their answer at the beginning of the semester versus the end just because I was so I found just like boxed in is how I felt at the very beginning I think a, a lot of at least students that come to it when they're faced with it it's like oh again, they, immediately they don't know but then I'm like hey well just give me jot notes like just that's it just write in your journal like what give me jot notes of what art is to you and it's like well it's painting it's drawing and some people will try to like give me the answer they think that I want and it's expressing yourself, and like, and some people genuinely, yeah, it's expressing yourself. Sure, that's part of it, but so is throwing a rock through a window. Like, I express myself, and like, I don't know. That's why I just love that question too, because I mean, again, coming from a really immediately judgmental place for me, and like training myself to like slow down sometimes and be like, okay, yes, yeah, someone else thought this was art because they're calling it art, but it's, I don't know. That in one part of your answer made me think, like, okay, so if, if we call it art, then it's just art. Like, if I call whatever I'm making art, then you just immediately, you don't have any qualms about it, because you're like, hey, you said it was art, so I guess it is? It's, well, I mean, literally, since the golden toilet, man, that's, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be, because if you, if you can then explain it, and the reasons why it's art, and its place in the history of art, and why it is art to me. If you can explain that well enough, then absolutely you've made a piece of art. Yeah. Um, it, and, like, there is so many... I don't even want to say genres, because there's, like, there's no limit to the amount of types of art. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whether it's performance or political or... Oh, conceptual or pop or just landscape painting or whatever, like... How, how can any one piece of that not be art and one piece of it be art? Like, yeah. it's either all art or it's none of it is. So that's why I kind of like, I don't know what is art. It's some kind of cultural reflection from an individual or group of some kind, but it can, it's too, it's, you know, it's like, what is life? It's too broad of a question yeah. anymore. You know, like, what is theater? You can at least narrow that down. Yeah. <laughs> but what is art is so big and broad that I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it can be answered. Yeah, I was, I was faced with the question the first time in university. And I was like, oh, 
like we actually needed to come up with like and it wasn't even to turn in but it was like define it like you define it for yourself and I found that was really good practice for me and like I said in a high school setting it's freaking great practice because I think it gets them to think about what they value about art and what they don't value about art mm-hmm. and that's what I found when I if I made I, didn't, I had to make like a one sentence definition and it evolves a little bit here and there and I don't like formally try and think about it as much as I did then I just know oh it's opened up for me more mm-hmm. and like now to me, art about art is more art than I thought it was, and that also has a blurry line of design now. And like, so I don't, I don't think it's become less important for me to to have that question in my mind. But it, yeah, it's not as a formal thing that I'm trying to define as I was then, um, because everything that I include and in, more important is what I exclude is what I found. Like, oh, so if I say the word without compromise, like. If art is a language of passion expressed without compromise, which was my first like working definition, well, key word in there for me is one is passion, which also goes along with without compromise. So if it's a commission piece and it's nothing that you wanted to do, in my definition, then thrown out. It's not art anymore. If it's like just purely a technical thing, we talk about neoclassist portraits. It's like yeah, that was like being a carpenter. You had a skill. Someone wanted that skill, and it was like well, but that's art. What art was then? Right? And so, yeah, it's not so much about, I guess, anyone else's definition or a textbook definition. Um, that's why I like deconstructing it. And when you said the thing about theater, like, oh, that's a way easier question to answer because, you know, it involves <laughs> it people acting. And, stuff. <laughs> yeah. and I found when, for me, defining graffiti was really simple, but at the same time, there's so much argument about it that it ended up, dev- like, when I was having that discussion, it ended up devolving back to where you're at with this thing and being like, okay, well, it's just all art. Like, because there was, like, we talked about it so much that it opened things up in a way, because for me it was stylized letters, plain and simple. I know, because I've been in that world, that that's not, even among people who say they write graffiti, no, it could be characters, it could be posters, it could be stickers. Stencils, yeah, like, yeah, it has nothing yeah, to even yeah. do with letters for some people. Some, like, there's... I. For a documentary class in university, I, I, I made this thing about city space. But, like, this dude was getting tattooed with, like, his crew name on him and, like, by these other graffiti artists that were, like, um, a generation ahead of me that were, like, really big deals. And, like, even amongst them, like, because two of them were, like, yeah, a stylized letter structure. Like, yeah, I, yeah, that's completely, I get it. The other guy was, like, no, it's if you're playing the game of getting up. You can do that with any medium. You can do that with any, you know, like... Um, but yeah, when I talked about it so much, I, I, I got to a place where I was asked, like, okay, well, what's calligraphy? How does that differentiate from what you just said about graffiti? I'm like, oh, it doesn't. <laughs> so, so why are they different? Yeah. And then it came back to the question of, because to me, graffiti had nothing to do with being illegal, which is already a controversial thing amongst lots of people. I'm like, yeah, but if I can make that letter structure in my sketchbook, or if I can do it on a train... Or a piece of canvas, or yeah, they like, give like, well, I'm still, I'm trying to define an art style by, but well, yeah, by the style, by the fact that it's it's based off of letters that you're intentionally trying to stylize, which for me excluded like bathroom, like like Jenny's number is here, like that to me has nothing to do with graffiti just because it's vandalism. So I don't know, I tried to like put it in a box because I wanted to change how people thought of it because it has such a negative stigma. Mm. And that's why I was trying to like reverse that by creating a definition and putting it in a box. Then someone gave me this calligraphy thing, and I was like, okay, I quit because like it doesn't. My definition like doesn't. It doesn't separate calligraphy from graffiti anymore. And how can that? They can't be the same thing. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I think that's what is art <clears throat> as a definition is probably something that even if you ask me the same question five years ago, I would have given a different answer. Ten years ago, a different answer. Ten years from now probably would still give a different answer. It's yeah. probably something that's always evolving. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I enjoyed the challenge because it gets me thinking about it again, too. Um, in your Instagram profile, which is very, we got a very limited amount of, of biography space there, uh, it says dark and beautiful things. Mm, yeah. So... If I, like, when I visually look at it, like, so the very first time, which was, what is the name of the building that you showed at that's right, that's on Jail Road? Uh, I can't remember what it is. It's the old Baylog auction market. I can't remember. I don't okay. know the name of the building, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the first time that I, it was only, like, maybe 
I feel like it was only a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months at most that I even saw the name Gorilla Art Collective and I started following it and I was like, oh, they're actually going to have it. Okay, I'm going to go over there. Um, that definition from what I saw that day and still from what I see a lot on your Instagram and stuff that you've shown fits as to what I think it is. But I'm curious, I mean, because it's set up so succinctly and you, in, in a way you define what you're creating, right? Which I think is interesting because it's like, God, oh, I don't even know how to define art. It's just, it's just got to be open. Yet dark and beautiful things include something and excludes other things, right? To a degree. Well, so the dark and beautiful things is just a tag I put on my my Instagram profile. So first I want to say right off the bat, I don't in any way, as a, as a single person, represent the Gorilla Art Collective as a, yeah. as a group. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the dark and beautiful things were literally just, uh, I needed a, a quick tagline to yeah. try and sum up my personal work. Um, the Gorilla Collective is definitely, our goal was just to, their goal, I should say, but I'm part of it. Uh, our goal is, we just want a non-juried space. We want anybody to be able to show without any kind of judgment. Because um, like, typically in all gallery settings, there's a process to get your stuff up on the wall. Yeah. Right. Even if it's a free open space that's available to anyone, there's always a process. You have to apply for it. You have to submit work. Your work needs to be scrutinized by usually a group of people, um, and then it's decided what pieces, if any, will be shown. Um, and you have some input as the artist as to how they'll be shown and stuff. But I've always, it's that's always been frustrating to me, and it's intimidating for so many new artists to try and apply for these things knowing that they're going to have to get juried and judged. Um, so we just started showing our own work and started showing guest works and it's a first come first serve basis. If we have 15 spots open, the first 15 people that apply get in. It doesn't matter what your work is. Um, which I guess comes back to that, what is art? We, the collective would say whatever you want to show publicly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, or at least, at least that's, that's kind of what they been trying to put forth into the city, giving artists who would not have a chance to show anywhere else a chance to show. So I guess with the, I guess the main philosophy I guess of the collective, like you said, was just having it was about space and, and being able to show these in a non-juried space without going through this formal process or even. And I mean, I think, which was Blueprint Records and our street legal records, like, their process has become even easier than it was before, but it's still, they still have a curator, like a revolving, yeah. whether it's every six months or one year, that someone takes in a bunch of work and says, uh, sure. And that, like I said, currently, like, I think that process is much easier than it was because I don't think there's a lot of um, discrimination amongst, among, I don't think there's a lot of, like, okay, well, I've got, like, these handful of things, and so I just don't think there's as many people submitting that they want to show there um, as they were before. So I just think that it's more open now than it was, but it's still, there's still one person who is... the selection process. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was... So you, you've got a, a core of, like, formal members. Yeah, so there's... It started out with... <clears throat> there's seven members that literally were seven artists that weren't able to show anywhere and maybe weren't comfortable applying to show places or had tried and, and not gotten into places um, and it started out as a, they showed in a house they showed at somebody's uh, house and they opened up to the public for a weekend and it was quite successful and all the artists involved managed to sell some work were you part of that court no okay no I didn't even I didn't know about it at the time at all um, they had done two or three shows I believe before I kind of caught wind of them I think on their third show okay uh, which which was also in somebody's house. Um, I, I kind of knew a few of the people involved, and they said, oh, you should come check this out. Um, so I did, and it was like, it was in somebody's living room, and it was bizarre to have, like, dozens and dozens of people filing through this person's living room, looking around at all the art. And, uh, but it was really cool. Like, I was amazed at, I was, I was seeing professors there. I was seeing people from the art community that I knew. I was seeing buyers there, and that was really like, oh. Yeah. It was like, People willing to spend money are coming to this person's house to see these seven people's artworks. And that got me excited. I was kind of like, how do I get in on this? Yeah. Um, 
So they opened up, they had their next show was their first ever, like, truly public place, which was the show that you came to. Oh, that was the first, like, real... Okay, okay. that was the first time we, we managed to get an industrial space, a huge space, and we were able to bring in guest artists. That's how I got in, is they, I, they reached out to about, I think there was about 10 guest artists at that show. Okay. Um, so it was the seven core members, and then I think there was about 10 or so guest artists and I was one of them. They asked me to come show. So when, when was that again? That was last May, May twenty eighteen. Okay. okay, yeah, because I didn't think it had been a year yet. Like, yeah, I thought it was. <coughs> yeah, it had been a year. Yeah, because we do a spring and a fall show. So this was the would have been the second annual spring show for them. Okay. Um, but they wanted to expand. It was getting some traction. It was starting to get some recognition, and people were really interested in it. So they wanted to have a bigger space. And so this is coincidentally along that timeline because you said it's only been the last three years um, that you've returned to making visual work. You said you took a yeah. bunch of time where it just wasn't something you were focusing on, you are focusing on music and stuff, which I know we talked about earlier on. We don't need to go into that detail. But, so then, yeah, you said you, you caught one of it at a house show and uh, you just started kind of re-emerging yourself back into creating visual work and this kind of... I had just started an Instagram profile. Like, that was... Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's how they found me. It was like, oh, hey, do you want to join up with this? Like, yeah, sure. I had a chance to show. I was looking for a place to show. They had a great big space. Um, so we connected, but I, I really hit it off with the group. And from my background and experience and other things, I brought a lot to the table as, in terms of like how to kind of keep this going and maybe even expand it into something bigger. So they, we kind of... We collaborated for a while, and then they invited me to become one of the members. So there's now eight members of the Grill Art Collective, um, and now we're we just had our first show downtown, which was also uh, it was just this past fall. It was it was quite successful, way beyond what we expected, and now we really need to work together and define exactly what the collective <laughs> is. Okay. Um, it's pretty loose at this point, but we we know the two things we want to continue having at least two shows a year. We want to continue bringing guest artists. We want to try to continue um, making sure that somebody that's never had a chance to show before gets to show at every one of our exhibitions. Okay. That's, that's kind of our key thing. It's just really opening it up to artists without any jury or, or process of selection of income. Because okay. it, it gives it to everybody, right? And it lets you have a taste, it lets you have a chance to show and get that first thing on your CV if you're a young artist trying to break into the gallery scene. It's, you know, it's like the classic, when you're a kid and you're trying to get a job, no one will hire you because you have no experience, but yeah. you can't get experience because no one will hire you. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. So you mentioned that that one was successful. I, I didn't even drop off or pick up my piece because I had something in there. Um, I was in Calgary and so it was like, ah, like, when I committed to it, I didn't even know what it was. Mm. And I was like, I know, like, I'm in the city, like, I can, and so I had someone else who also had work there, just, like, drop it off, pick it up. Um, but when you're saying it was successful, successful, I'm assuming you're meaning, like, there was a lot of buyers there, or that there was... Um, it's successful just in every, compared to the first show that I was with them, um, we probably had a couple hundred people, maybe 300 people through the event over the weekend. It was a three-day show at a large space. Um, of those people, the majority of the people that were coming were family and friends of the artist showing, right? Which is what you'd expect. Yeah. Um, the last one downtown, there was all those people, but then there was a, oh, a huge wave, probably another 150 people I had never seen before. Okay. So the fact that we're exposing to new people each show is, is was what defined success for me. Okay. Um, showing my work to crowds who would normally never see it. Um, that was for me a success. And, and selling, yeah. Everybody, everybody that was involved probably sold a piece or at least had some offers and made some networking contacts, um, which is hard to do with an artist. And yeah. that's, a, that's a big thing to get out of a show like that. Um, I sold a, a piece, which I didn't expect to, but it was, I was pretty excited. And I sold it to people I never, never in a million years would have expected to be fans of my work. Um, you, just, you wouldn't know until you get out there and try it, so... I'm grateful to the Grill Art Collective for giving me that chance to get out there. Did you find that, or is, what reasons do you think that show was more successful than the one back in May? Because I, I would assume location is part of it, yeah. but also you, there was work that was done between May and 
that show. I think we're just word of mouth. It's just starting to get bigger every time. It's starting to the the collective is getting known around town. There's a it's a pretty smaller community here. Like, well, there's no doubt about it because a year ago nobody was really looking at us, and now we're getting. We just got an offer from Casa. We're going to be. Sh- uh, I probably shouldn't say too much about this. <laughs> we we we're in talks with Casa about possibly doing some work with them or okay. or showing uh, in some spaces there, which which is really exciting for yeah. us because it's a difficult to get in there. Um, it is open to everybody, but it's also as a, unless it's one of the auxiliary spaces, you've got a year wait to get into a main gallery at space. At least the last time I tried to apply, they said try again in two years. Um, yeah. Um, and then we, we've been contacted, we just had a meeting with the Allied Arts Council of Lethbridge to discuss um, possibly becoming members of their organization. Um, word is out that there's a group that's trying to do its own thing. And there's always been pop-up groups like this, like that's how the trapdoor started. That's, there's always been little pockets of artists trying to do their own thing, um, which I think makes Lethbridge kind of unique. There's always there's always been a pretty decent and surprisingly vibrant art scene here. The other thing I was thinking about was because you said part of maybe like you're trying to make some maybe more concrete goals or whether it be a, a manifesto for a collective or whatever and try to make that a little more defined. But one of the things you mentioned was you want to have someone who's never shown before show to everyone. That would be a great goal to have. Have you found so far that there's been any, even before your time, discussions that you've heard, any trouble with just accepting people on a first-come basis without, you know, being like, oh, well, actually, we don't want to show that at all? Um, no, because we do, I mean, I guess we have the simplest rule is that your work shouldn't be offensive in any way to anyone, if, you know what I mean? Uh, that's a that's a dangerous that's, line. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's, I can feel the argument coming already. <laughs> um, but... Generally speaking, we have to show in public. We're showing in spaces that are often donated to us or um, places that we're working with the community. So it, you're, I mean, the work that we're we're willing to show needs to reflect that kind of community spirit, right? Okay. We're not going to show anything that's hateful. We're not going to show anything that's um, deeply disturbing or like you know, we're not opposed to erotic art. We're not opposed to nudity or anything like that. But it needs to be in a tasteful enough way that we can show these works in a very public space because we want Lethbridge to embrace this collective. Um, so there isn't a jury selection there. We don't have a committee. There's nobody that's going to sit and judge the work. If we ever were to get a, a piece or pieces that were highly controversial, we would probably still show them, but in a maybe in a more controlled space or... Yeah. or time or you know what I mean yeah um, because our, our shows are open to the in, to the broad public there's children minors yeah and, you know um, but generally speaking like unless it's extremely vulgar there's there's nothing we would turn down so it's not something that you've been faced with that you know of even before your time that they've had to like weed out because I think if you've got that caveat there being like hey this is public this is community-based whatever then everyone has done their own like discretion of like let me look at my work right now and yeah. what do I have that I can contribute um, for the like for guest artists because that that's the other interesting thing too you have more guest artists showing than are like almost twice as much that are in the yeah about twice as much that are in the collective in that core mm-hmm. right so that's interesting too whether even though their pieces are limited to whether it's one piece or, or whatever well I mean it's different every time our first show was uh, we had the guest artists each got a section of wall space okay. so they could they could fill if they had 10 pieces they wanted to show in that space, that's yeah. fine, you put whatever you want. The last show we, space was really limited, so we opened it up to 15 guests to each produce one piece for yeah. it. So, um, we'd like to do more of both. We'd like to have our core group showing with collective members, and, and we've got a, some announcements coming up pretty soon about our next guest show. We're hoping, uh, we're hoping to have a lot more wall space for our guests okay. this, on this next coming spring show, which would be pretty cool. We're even talking about we're, we might be getting into multiple venues at the same time. Oh wow! Okay. Um, trying to get a little more of a festival sense so that it's at multiple venues in the town. Yeah, just trying to get out there, really, without the assistance of. I mean, I know there's there's amazing galleries here, 
a lot of those galleries show artists from other cities. A lot of those galleries don't necessarily support the emerging art scene, maybe really well-established artists or specific kinds. But generally speaking, most of the artists I know producing here aren't going to be showing at this attic, and they're not likely to be getting into brick and mortar. And, um, so it's left us to just figure out a way to do it ourselves. Yeah, I, I hope the collective supports what everything. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound too off base or, or anything that I can. Well, we've never clearly defined exactly what we're doing, so. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the spirit was there, though, even just from, like, just the social media aspect or whatever. Like, the spirit seemed to be like, "Hey, we're just trying to find space to to put stuff up," and it was for yeah, more emerging artists or people that may not have the opportunity, the CV, or the type of work that fits in a SAG or CASA or what have you. Um, that spirit seemed to be there. And, and a positive, like a positive, I guess, like spirit. And, and without a theme, like there's, I've seen lots of other group shows and group collectives that do this similar idea, but they, they, they seem to have shows based on a theme and, or a concept or a single tagline, and then all the work relates to that. Um, we are not. We are literally eight artists showing our own stuff individually. So there's, again, it, there's no, we don't want to influence anybody's work. We don't want to say, oh, your work has to be this or that or this caliber or this medium to be able to show here. Like, we'll literally show anything, whatever you've got, we'll show. Yeah. And that, yeah, I, like I said, my mind jumped to, like, these potential issues, like, that might happen, and they haven't happened yet. Uh, which is which is good, but yeah, there's still going to be no matter what. There's got to be some type of. I don't want to use the word as harsh as censor, but I mean there has to be some. There's still a selection process of like, you know, if you go with the first fifteen, it's the first fifteen that just also happen to be pieces that are appropriate for the space. Um, and like, yeah, like you said, so far there hasn't really been an issue, which is good because you said you had a caveat that people have actually taken into consideration and done their own judgments with. Well, and I honestly, I don't think, I don't think there's too many artists today producing that are that are just shock artists or just purely, you know, making deeply racist or deeply hateful material. Like I don't, I really don't, I don't see work like that being made. So I can't yeah. imagine that anyone's going to try and like. I want to be represented in your show yeah. because I hate a certain ethnicity group. Or you're like, what? That would, I don't think that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, we don't really, I mean, we put up that kind of a rule, but I don't, I don't know if it influences anybody. I don't think so. I don't think anyone out there is like feeling like they can't submit to our show because their work's too controversial. Maybe there is. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. When I was, again, it wasn't like a huge definite, like, these are these concrete rules that have to fit in this tight little box. It was just kind of a, like, again, a spirit of, like, positivity and keep in yeah. mind we're in a public space. But I even I thought, like, okay, well, I don't really have much what I tried to do. So I submitted a piece that I didn't think I'd be able to sell on my own. I was like, like, if it's in a public space, then more eyes will be on it. But some of those pieces for me are human figure erotic art. And I was like, nah, maybe I because, like, I can't put those on Instagram or on Facebook. Like, I can put them on Instagram. I can't put them on buy and sell pages. I can't really put them on Kijiji because they get flagged. So I was like, I need to find an audience for this, but I was like, I don't know if this is going to be the best place. And I didn't want to submit something just to have it be denied. So even I was like, mm, I want, the reason I want to put them there is because they're older works. I want to sell them. I like them. And I can't seem to find a space that's fitting. Yeah. So to get people's eyes on them, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So and it didn't bother me that I was like, yeah, maybe that's not the best idea. But I think, yeah, some people probably I mean, I don't know what everyone else has in their body of work, but for me that was my own selection process on like I've been I've got an opportunity to show space where people are gonna see it. What do I want to put there? Something that I think will sell in two days on the buy and sell? Well no. <laughs> I wanna show something that I still really believe in that I really enjoy that people, I want people to see it in person, that it, it has a certain quality in person that maybe doesn't have that quality, you know, just looking at it on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, that's always a trick too, you know, what resonates with people, what do you show, what do you pick? I always feel guilty about when we ask for just a single piece from each artist, because that's so hard to narrow down to try and have one piece to represent your everything as an artist in a show like that is tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I want to get to that question because I'm still, I, I haven't really pre-thought about my answer that much. Um, also because I thought about, well, I could ask you how you, the question was like, what do you feel about pay for display? And oh. so it was like, well, I could get you to clarify that too because I'm like, I could take that more than that. Oh.